we introduced our series that we're going to be um, getting started in detail next week, but uh, this is part two of the introduction, I guess. But we looked last week at Jeremiah chapter 9, where he said, Don't let the rich man glory in his riches. And don't let the strong man glory in how much weight he can lift or what he's able to do. And don't let the wise man glory in all his wisdom, his intellect, or anything like that. But, he says, all of those things will fail a man. Riches, strength. Wisdom, they'll all fail a man. But he said, let a man glory in this, that he knows God. That is the foundational purpose of your life, is to know God. Everything else will fall away. A.W. Tozer said, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about us. Now think about it. When you think about God, what comes to your mind? Every one of us have different ideas that come to our mind. But really, we need to to develop our mind, and that's what um, in this series that we'll be looking at the attributes of God We want to know God so that when, first of all, when we think of God, we think accurately of God. There there are many people that have thoughts about God, and their thoughts are, are not in line with what God really is. They live in a fantasy world. But the mightiest thought that the mind can entertain is the thought of God. An unknown God can never be trusted, will never be worshipped, and will never be served. That's why Paul, when he came into Athens and, and they had all these gods that, that they were trying to cover, let's make sure this God's happy, this God, and to make sure they even had an altar to the unknown God, just in case we've forgotten one. And Paul came on the scene and, and he preached unto them and, um, and said, this is who God is. An, un, an unknown God can never be trusted, worshipped, or served. And the first step down for any church is taken when it surrenders a high view of God. Knowing God is is really foundational to life. And we are cruel to ourselves when we try to live in this world without knowing the God whose world it is and the one who runs it. You understand, this is God's world. He's the one that runs it. Um, in case you're worried, he has everything under control, all right? But we're, we're totally foolish 
if we try to live in this world, God's world, under his control, without knowing him. J.I. Packer, in his um, classic book, Knowing God, said, um, It is as important for us to know God as the most important thing in our life. And he compared it to this. He said, Imagine how cruel it would be to take an Amazon tribesman and snatch him from the jungle or the primitive nature of his life. And J.I. Packer said, And fly him to London and put him down in the square of London and leave him as one who knew nothing of English or England and to leave him there to fend for himself. He said, so it is just as cruel to us if we try to live in this world without knowing about the God who runs this world and created this world. Christian minds have often been conformed to the spirit of the age, and it's a spirit that spawns great thoughts of man and small thoughts of God. And really, that's, that's the spirit of our age today. Great thoughts of man and little thoughts of God. Completely backwards. And that's why Jeremiah said, these great thoughts of man, he said, they'll fail you. Glory in the fact that you know God. If we understand the, the battle, we understand that Satan, the great deceiver, always attacks the character of God. That's why we must know him and know his character. We're, we're sitting front seat here in Iowa in the next three weeks because there will be all kinds of attacks on, on people's character made in the political realm. Now, when, when you know someone and someone else comes along and attacks their character, you can say, wait a minute, I know him or I know her and what you just said about them is not true. Satan is always coming and attacking the character of God. As believers, we must know God in such a personal way that when those attacks come, and they will come in our minds, wait a minute, I know him. I know God, and I know he's not like you said. If Adam and Eve had known God to the point that they there was no room for doubts, all of history would be different. But we have the opportunity to know God. And this morning, I want to share with you what God has given us 
to know Him. You could call them tools, whatever you want to call. But I want to list seven things that, and, and undoubtedly there's probably others, but seven things. If your desire is to know God, I want to encourage you to make use of all seven of these things. First of all is creation. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, he says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He said, in creation, you can see attributes of God. If you want to know God, and and I'm, I'm going through these sequentially, um, basically, but it began with creation. If you want to know God, look at creation. Isaiah chapter 40, he, he's pointing out to uh, the children of Israel what a great God he is. He says, I am, I am not like the others. And in Isaiah 40, 25, he says, To whom then will you liken me? Or whom to, shall I be equal? And then he says, Lift up your eyes and look on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out the stars by their number? He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and by the strength of his power. Not one is missing. So he's saying, I am not like any other gods. I am a mighty God. And he says, for example, go look at creation. Look at what I have made. He says, all mankind is without excuse in knowing that there is a God if you'd look at creation. Creation reveals the power of God. Creation reveals the majesty of God. Creation reveals the creativity of God. Creation reveals the wisdom of God. I mean, we could, we could spend the rest of our lives just looking at God's amazing design in creation. His perfect design that water freezes at 32 degrees. I mean, what if this week it freezes at 45 degrees? What if it changed? It doesn't. It shows the unchangeableness of God. And, and we, as believers, can go out and, and we should be able to see the wonders of creation, um, you know, the stars shine brighter on cold winter nights. Well, they don't shine brighter. We're just able to see them shining brighter. But many of us look at creation and we don't see the God of creation. You can, you can begin to know God and one way is just looking at his creation, the miracle of creation. 
And, and there's so many avenues and, and every one of us have different interests and different avenues of creation, but creation is one way. Another way that God has given us to know Him is one I think that's often overlooked, but is the nation of Israel. So, God created mankind. He created all the earth, but then God came to Abraham and he raised up a specific nation and he said, I will make of you a nation that will be a blessing to all people and I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. And you can learn much about God by following his working from Abraham on clear through the Old Testament, his working with Israel, even to this day. You will learn much about God by looking at Israel. They they rebelled against God, went their own way. God pursued them. They repented, came back to him. Read the book of Judges, how God was at work. You can learn much about the nature of God. It isn't just a history book. It's to tell us about God's working. And you look at the nation Israel. And God gave promises to the nation of Israel. And it looked like those promises would not be fulfilled. But God said, you will be dispersed abroad throughout all the nations of the earth. But he says, the day is going to come that I will bring you back as a nation. And in 1948, God brought Israel back to their land, to the nation that they are today. And there is much to learn um, prophetically just looking at the nation of Israel. But God raised up Israel to reveal to us his heart. And, and we're not going to go into the details, but these are areas that you can go to know God. And when you look at Israel to know the history and the plan and the purpose and what God has done and is doing in Israel... It will reveal much to you about God. Thirdly, after Israel was established in all the history, then next in God's chronological timetable, he gave us his son. We learn about the father through the son. In John chapter 14 and verse 9, Jesus said, If you have seen me, You've seen the Father. I came to reveal the Father unto you. It is God in the flesh. And to know God, study Jesus Christ. In particular, you can't know God except through Jesus Christ. It is only through Jesus Christ that there is the forgiveness of sin. God, we sang, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. God is holy. He is separate from our sin. And it is only through Jesus Christ that we have access to the Father. Only when we acknowledge, God, my sin has separated me from you. I need your forgiveness that you offer in Jesus Christ alone. 
Only then have we access to the Father, have fellowship with the Father, and it is only in Jesus Christ. So only through Jesus Christ we have access, but it is in studying the life of Christ, in studying the nature of Christ, that we learn about the heart of God. The more you know Christ, the more you will know God. And it's that basic and it's that simple. So he he started out, he created the world and he showed some of his character and nature. He raised up Israel. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And he lived and was crucified and rose again victorious for us to give us eternal life and to provide us an example of the heart of the Father. And then Jesus Christ said, it's important for you that I go away. And his disciples says, no, we don't want you to go. He said, it's, it's imperative that I do because when I go, I will send the Spirit unto you and he will guide you into all truth. So, creation, Israel, Jesus Christ, and now he's given us his spirit. That once we receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, we have the spirit of God dwelling within us. And he opens our understanding. The natural man without the spirit can't see these things. But when the spirit of God is dwelling within us, it's, it's like it makes the book come alive. And we're able to, to see God more clearly in the Bible. It's, it's like we're able to see the workings of God and know the workings of God in our daily lives. And His Spirit is one of the most important, active ministries that He's given to you and I to know God today. And if you don't walk in the Spirit, if you're not submissive to the Spirit, you won't know God. It's the Spirit. He is our instructor. We cannot know God without the Spirit of God. So, He gave His Spirit, and then He said, I am establishing my church. And we read in the books, in the book of Acts in particular, the history of this. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God designed a church for many, many purposes, but one of the purposes is to know God, to help us in that. Together we, we minister to one another and, and the purpose that God has, one of the many purposes, is to help us to know God. As much as I, I cannot know God as fully as I ought to by neglecting His Spirit, the same is true in regard to the local assembly, in regard to the church. So He established the church. And then throughout history, um, creation, Israel, His Son, the Spirit, the church, then God put together the Bible. You cannot know God and neglect the Word of God. What a better way to learn about our Creator than to immense ourselves in His Word. That's the very reason He gave us His Word. 
Tozer also said, disregard for the study of God. If you disregard the study of God, you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfolded, as it were, with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. This way, you waste your life and lose your soul. Disregard for the Word of God, we blunder our way through life. And sad to say, many times there are Christians that are blundering their way through life because of disregard for the Word of God. God says, I want you to know me. It is the most important thing in life is to know me. And he said, I have given you, in addition to these other things, I've given you my word. But then I would say the capstone of it all or that um, puts the finishing touches on it all is our personal walk with God. When we do the discipline, the battle, and we develop our own personal walk with God, it is then that we will really get to know God. Not a head knowledge, but a knowing of God. The very, very familiar song, but I think we often overlook it, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear as I tarry there, none other compares to it. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me, I am his own. This is... That song was written out of a personal walk with God. He said, there is nothing like my personal time alone with God. When, when I'm going through a dark valley of life, and there will be dark valleys of life, that, that you know God and you are able to walk with Him, and He walks with you, and He brings a comfort that no one else can bring. Or when you're going through the joyous mountain peaks of life and, and you have joy inexpressible, God is able to know the groanings that we can't even utter. And it's in that personal walk with God. You may hear everybody else talk about God, but you know God because you walk with Him. And you know what? There's nothing else that's going to take you through the hard times of life except your personal walk with God. No one else can build it for you. No one else can can do the diligent work. And it's it's establishing those roots. Proverbs 12, 12 says, The root of the righteous produces fruit. It's building that root system in our life of of giving our lives to know God through creation, through Israel, His Son, His Spirit, the church, the Word of God. But it's putting all those together in a personal experience, in our personal walk with God.
And you know what? In the times of crisis, you can't do a crash course on knowing God. And it shows up in those times. The people that have built a personal walk with God have a faith that that survives and thrives. And people that haven't struggle. And that's why he says, glory in this that you know God, that you personally know God. Jim Elliott, the, one of the five that were martyred in Ecuador, missionaries by the Aka Indians, wrote in his personal journal, I walked out on the hill just now. It is exalting, delicious, to stand embraced by the shadows of the friendly tree, with the wind tugging at your coattail and heavens hailing your heart to gaze and glory and give oneself again to God. What more could a man ask? Oh, the fullness, the pleasure, the sheer excitement of knowing God on earth. I care not if I never raise my voice again for him, If only I may love him, please him. If only I may see him and touch him and see the smile in his eyes. That was evidence of a personal walk with God. You understand, if you know God, you're going to love him. Because no one can love him without knowing him. If you love him, you're going to obey him. Because he said, those that love me, obey me. And if we obey him, we understand that then we glorify him. So you know him, and, and, and again, you know him, you love him, you trust him, you obey him, And ultimately, you will be blessed because God blesses those that obey him. I can't emphasize enough how important it is for every one of us individually to hammer out and pursue with our life to personally know God. It's not enough to come to a church that talks about knowing God. It's not enough to be in a Christian family that your mom and dad know God or your husband knows God or your wife knows God. It is going to be up to you. And he said, the only thing to glory in is that you know God. He said, that, that's the only thing that matters. But it doesn't come by just waiting for it to happen. God says, I've given you all these things. And and you can learn certain things about me and studying creation and, and other things by studying Israel. And, and much you can learn by studying my son and obeying my spirit and giving yourself to the word and through fellowship with others. But he said, it's up to you. You must personally develop the walk with God. We must know God. That's it. 
So I ask you this question, what are you going to do to know him more intimately than you know him now? There, there's not a one of us here today that know God enough. We all need to know him more. But what are you going to do? What step of action are you going to take? You may be here today and you need to take the first step of saying, I'm accepting Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. That is the first and most important step. But that's just the first step. Then it is, God, I am making the priority of my life. Nothing else really matters in my life except knowing you. And because of that, these are the steps I'm going to take. Heavenly Father, I pray that your spirit would make very personal in our lives this reality that all that matters is that we know you. And Lord, you have given us so many avenues and helps for us to know you. I pray that we would make use of them in our lives. And Lord, I pray if there is an individual here today that who has never called upon you for the forgiveness of sins, I pray today that they would do that. And Lord, if we can be of assistance to them, if they have questions regarding that, I pray today before they leave that they would mention that to us. And Lord... I pray for believers here today. I pray that we would know you and commit our lives to a personal building, a personal intimate walk with you that nothing could break. And that our faith would be strong as we know you, that our love for you would increase And as our love for you increases, Lord, I know that we'll trust you and obey you. And as we obey you, you will be glorified. So I pray that there would be specific steps of obedience that your Spirit would point out to each of us individually to be committed to knowing you. Lord, thank you that you have made it possible for us to know you and to fellowship with you and to walk with you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's